Hello, people, and welcome to another episode of Dropping Dimes. I hope everyone except for Ray Lewis is having a great day. Today, we are joined... <laughs> Excuse me. Today, we are joined by Lynn Worthy, sports writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Sasha, what is so funny over there? You're messing up my intro. Continue on, ma'am. <laughs> so today we're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about the NFL protests going on, or protests, I should say, in the NFL. We're talking about NBA trades, Utah football, Utah basketball, and this alleged scandal going on in college basketball. I'm going to say alleged because none of it's true. None of it. What, the Rick Pitino's a creep? None of it. So, Sasha, I'm not going to ask you where we should start today. Lynn? Where would you like to start? I want to know what your problem is with Ray Lewis. What, <laughs> what did he do to you? Please let inform me. Fill me in. Yo, Ray Lewis wants to act like he ain't never killed he a ain't man. Never killed a man. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> He's out here trying to be like, nah, I wasn't kneeling for the protest. I was praying. No, come on, Ray Lewis. Like, he's out here trying to say all this stuff about players standing up for what they want to believe in or what they want to protest, um, police brutality, having people of color have equal rights. Um, but obviously, he doesn't want any of that. I don't know. I don't know what he wants. He's just tripping. Like, I don't agree with how he's handling the situation. Like, just shut up. He said, just shut up, Ray Lewis. Like, everything you say is just dumb. And I hope somebody does something to his statue that his mom is trying to protect. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know you was that strong on Ray Lewis. Um, I, I am not. But at the same time, I don't know what he's doing sometimes that he's out there talking. I'm not sure. Especially when he was, it seemed like he was against the the whole Kaepernick thing when they were like, we were considering it. And he was, it seemed like he was not on board with that. And then he's out there kneeling. And I'm like, oh. No, I guess he's, he was praying. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Because what was it? It was one knee is for da 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 da, and two <laughs> knees is for God, you know? Not God, God. So, I mean, or for the Lord. Um, I don't know exactly what he was doing, but uh, but clearly, you feel pretty strong about your boy. <laughs> Ray Lewis needs to have several seats. I'm done with him. Go, like, we let you get away with the murder. Just chill. Well, <laughs> just he was, chill. He wasn't actually charged with it, was he? I think he was supposedly. Uh, what was it? He was in the vicinity. <laughs> he, yeah, was, he didn't do he it. He was. But if you want to know about it, go read his book. He wrote a book all about it. It talks about it. Wow. Oh. Do you really think they should take a statue down though for kneeling or praying? Take whose statue? There's down? a petition going on on the internet for. I think they already got twenty five thousand signatures of Baltimore Raven fans wanting to remove his statue from outside of their stadium because of this act that he participated in. No, I think it's freedom of speech and that no one, everyone wants freedom of speech until you don't like what somebody agrees with. Just because I don't agree with Ray Lewis is saying doesn't mean they should take his statue down. You should be able to say whatever you want, even though I think he's an idiot. Hmm. Surprised to hear that many people in Baltimore. Yeah. Put that petition or sign that petition. Cause I mean, you think about it and we got so far removed from what was actually the point of the original protest yes but it was things like you know what happened in baltimore freddie gray <laughs> you know there's incidents like that was supposedly what the original protest was so for people in baltimore to be like 
how dare you take a knee? I don't know, it's a little surprising to me. But especially since he's probably he's definitely in the top five of defensive players in NFL history. There was a even with his antler spray, he was one of the best defenders ever in the game. And he was he was an iconic man in Baltimore, in the NFL, in celebrity, and to see this for really doing nothing, it's kind of mind blowing, as you said. Yeah, it just I don't know. again sort of just leans towards or just um, adds to the idea of you know we got so far the public discourse in this whole thing is turned into the flag and respecting the flag mm-hmm. and how you're doing it and how you're not doing it when really it was supposed to be about you know people like Freddie Gray like Eric Garner Michael Brown like these are the names that nobody's talking about but those are the people who that's what Kaepernick was originally taking that knee for. Well, and and even that originally wasn't a knee. It was he sat down, he sat down, and then a changed it to a knee, which was supposed to be sort of a compromise and a sort of a you know paying homage to the military by not just sitting down, but by taking a knee. But none of that seems to get really talked about anymore. Which no, is- and that's the thing. A lot of people don't even know that that he was sitting down, and then he talked to a veteran, and they came to a compromise, and he was saying, you know. I understand you want to get your point across, but how about taking a knee that might sit better? And a lot of people, it's just, I think the topic is getting lost. Like you said, we're talking about players protesting the flag. They're not protesting the flag. People are not protesting the national anthem. It's And then when you have the owners now joining in. The president of the United States. But that yeah. here's the thing. I think now you want to join in. To me, it's like, you're joining in because it's cool or right now, you know how it's just like it's you never want to be that first person to do something because you're going to look at you're going to be looked at like you're awkward or you're doing something. You're going against the norm. But now that it's cool or that it's the topic of conversation and that President Donald Trump called the players sons of. <laughs> oh, excuse me. So, so language <laughs> that he called President Donald Trump called, you know, the players SOBs and he's basically telling the owners, yes, you should do this and you should do that. I think that's the only reason why the owners are stepping in because they don't want to be told what to do. Basically, yeah. Yeah, and then some of the players that had never stood before because I think, I can't remember what the number was. It was something like six or I think I heard six. I heard 14. It was like the number of people who had actually taken the knee before, you know, Donald Trump decided to say what he said was like it was like single digits or maybe low you know double digits like you know less than 20 people and then last week you got a couple hundred players yeah me. and but it was like it was you know you had all these owners putting out statements so it was almost like okay we got the okay to do this now yeah so, so but and then again like i said and then the, the, the discussion was all about how they were doing it who was doing it who wasn't doing it um what the president said, how the president reacted, but it's just got so far away from what was originally, you know, the intent. That's the thing. We're losing the meaning here. And then you have people burning jerseys. I'm broke. Don't be burning no jerseys. You can give me some clothes or donate it to somebody else that really needs something. Like, why are you out here burning jerseys? That's so dumb. That's so old. Like, what point are you trying to get across? And there's like stupid social media videos where people, they're trying to like burn their jerseys. And then they can't even burn them. <laughs> like, maybe you should have practiced that before you went on video and did it. I don't know. I think your narrative's a little bit off when you're saying now everyone's trying to be cool by kneeling. I think that when you're attacked by the president of the United States, I think it becomes more of a brothers in arms type situation where 
it's no longer about Colin Kaepernick. It's about the NFL players and their right to perform their profession without the scrutiny of this president being rude. And, of course, his underlying racism is a part of this, too. But why couldn't you? You're losing the meaning when you do that. The, the, meanings, the meanings meaning is change completely lost. in revolutions and revelations. Yes, but we need to go back to what are you originally doing this for? Why are you just now coming out trying to do this now that the president has called you a SOB? Why? So what are you really? Are you protesting? What are you doing? Are you, are you really protesting? Are you taking a knee? What are you doing? Like Just like Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. He said what they're doing is they are donating money and they're doing research and all this kind of stuff to see that they don't want to just, oh, take a knee now that the president has called you guys out of your name or do something like that. So it doesn't lose the meaning. They are actually doing something else. I feel like it's completely you're just joining in for something just to do it now. Where were you when Colin Kaepernick was standing by himself doing it? Or And the Seahawks have, you know, and I think the Seahawks have been doing stuff whether or not it was all along, but it seems like they've been doing stuff, you know, throughout. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Mark Michael Bennett mm-hmm. and the incident in Las Vegas. So, I mean, they obviously feel like they're still keeping to the, what the original intent was, the original discussion. They were in, uh, I think it was this past week, um, Bennett and uh, Baldwin were on TV talking about, you know, what they really want to see is talking is things like uh, the D.A.R.E. program where you're getting involved in schools and new tr- different training for police. And, like, that sort of stuff was what, was originally yeah. the idea to get that sort of stuff out there. And they're still trying to keep with that. But then there's other teams where you're not really sure what they're doing, the linked arms is for, or, you know, and then you ask them and they say unity. And it's like, okay, well, what a... Unity against what? Yeah. Like, unity so against the president? So that's the thing is, I don't know if it's if it was by design that the sort of, the, every the discussion got shifted that way. I mean, I don't know, I guess it'd be sort of cynical to think that, but also... It is so far away from what the original topic was. Was that the intent? I don't know. But it definitely got far away from where it was originally going or was supposed to be going. I just think it's also interesting that uh, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, sent out that memo, like resent it, like just a reminder. <laughs> we have rules, <laughs> is, We have rules. So, But my thing with that is. But the NBA if, players do different stuff. They yeah. won't take a kneel, but they turn their backs. And I see that. I saw that. Mm, Conservatively, I probably saw it four times last year uh, with four different teams where one of – so as there will be a lineup and they're kind of directed towards the flag, there will be a player that will turn their back. So, and that happens all the time. Yeah, but what are you going to do when, say, LeBron James, what if he decides to nail? What if Steph Curry decides to nail? What if your major – It will be a smaller player than that. No, but what I'm saying is what if – your major players do something like that because they have spoken out about this nine times, like multiple times they've spoken out about this. So I'm just saying, what if, what do you do if you're Adam Silver and you have a LeBron James or a Hoodie Mello or Carmelo Anthony um, or a Steph Curry, a big name in the NBA or a Chris Paul, what do you do if you have one of them, Neil? They'll probably get fined and then it'll be a big topic of discussion. I mean, because it's just like I mean, because I mean, I guess you maybe they won't find him, but I mean, I assume the fact that he's talking about it already, sort of getting ahead of it. I mean, there's going to be at least a fine or something's going to happen if somebody does it. Suspend a player? Like, can you suspend a Kevin Durant? Or like, you can, but like, 
Yeah, you can. I just don't know how that's going to go over with the yeah. NBA. Because the NBA is not, I don't know if that's the league for that. They got guaranteed money. They got guaranteed money. It's not the NFL where yeah. you can just be gone. They got guaranteed money. So that's going to be extremely interesting to see, you know, what happens with that. What do you think about Coach Popovich um, speaking out against the president? Is that appropriate? Because if we're trying to hold these players accountable, isn't there a culpability with coaches being accountable for the way that they talk about our our government? But he's nowhere in there that I know of does it say that you can't say what you want to say. It just says you got to stand for the national anthem. I haven't read anything in there that says you can't. He's taken some pot shots at Donald Trump. and Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but the way you, you uh, worded that, I mean, the players could do that too. Yeah. The, the the issue would be if the players don't stand. But the players could say what Popovich said, and there wouldn't be any backlash, I don't think, from the league. It would just be if they didn't stand. So the players could just as easily say as what say everything that Popovich said, but I think Popovich has a little more. Um, it just It's different coming from him, one, for him being a white man, but also having the background that he had where he, you know, uh, was in – uh, the service um, had worked, you know, in that field before going, becoming a basketball coach. So I think it's just different coming from him. But I think the players could say the same thing, and I don't think the NBA could really do anything about it. I mean, and if they did, I think that would be, you know, an uproar would would uh, follow that if the NBA tried to come down on somebody for saying the same things that he said. Why keep the national anthem? Is it ne- is it pertinent to sport? Well, wasn't it with the NFL? You can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm reading is. This wasn't they didn't even make players do this like a couple years ago, like years ago until they got money from the defense. Department. Yeah. Yeah. So. But even in college, I mean, ever since I've gone to Dodger games or any college sporting event I've ever been to, there's always the national anthem that whether the players were on the field or not, it was just something when there's a large assembly of American citizens, we like to do this. I think it's kind of an archaic thing. I have tremendous amount of respect for the flags and whatnot, but I think it's a bit silly that you're asking 22,000, 50,000 people to stand for a minute and a half song before a game. It seems arbitrary. <laughs> what do you think, Lynn? <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I feel like at this point, the problem would be is if you tried to stop it now, it would be more of a, um, you know, just – there would be a lot of people losing their minds yeah. now because they've been doing it. If you never started doing it in the beginning, it wouldn't be an issue. it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a thing. But now that you are doing, it, especially after these sorts of things are going on in this conversation, if you stop doing it, there'd be people who feel like that you're giving in or that you're you know leaning some type of way. And why are you stopping this now? I mean, because you see some people get really bent out of shape about you know just the way like people taking the knees or even like you were talking about guys turning their backs. I mean. If you go back to uh, Mahmoud Abdul Rahim, mm-hmm. um, you know, just not. I mean, like his career didn't go that much longer after he started doing that. Um, I'm trying to remember how far back it was. I guess it was probably when, it's probably like, somewhere between. Well, not him, but another example uh, between somewhere in the neighborhood like 2002, 2004, somewhere in that range, where out at uh, I think it was Manhattanville College, where they had a female basketball player yep. who was doing that same thing, turning her back and. You had a veteran come out with a flag, and so she turned yeah. the other way, and he was holding it in her face so she yeah. couldn't turn away from the flag. So people get— And they made you know, her stand for the end, face the flag after that. Like, she was forced to, and it's, it's a whole different ball game when it comes to college. When it comes to college sports, it's like when you're a college athlete, you really have—you have to do that. 
Yeah. And then, you have no choice. I think it was in this past week in Houston, I want to say, or in the Houston area. There was a couple of high school kids that um, tried to take a knee, or they did take a knee, and the coach literally made them take off the jerseys and kick them off the team, like, on the spot. Yeah. There was another one last night where the team was forfeited because the players knelt. I think that was in Texas, too. Well, the thing is, too, I commend players that really don't have a choice for standing up and doing what they believe in. It's never easy. Doing what you believe is right is never easy, but somebody's got to do it. I don't know. Coach Whittingham wouldn't address the topic. At all. Yeah, he was staying out. He yeah. was staying away from that. No, before, and I before was before that question yeah. even got fully asked, it was no nope, 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 no comment, no <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I was a little upset though too when somebody asked. I guess you can't really be upset, but you know that your players can't answer. Like why are you trying to get Troy Williams in hot water? Like somebody asked him where does he stand? Because they're on trying the to issue. get TMZ to pick yeah, him up like, or SI to pick like, him up and dude, make their career. Why like you know stop trying to get somebody in trouble. You know that he can't answer that. And he probably wants to, because to me it looked like he really wanted to answer. It's just, but he was just like, mm. he was like, yeah, I think I better not. Well, I mean, Zach Moss spoke to it a little bit. He didn't get, dive deep into it, but, um, but and, and he before he even said anything, he was like, I don't know if I should answer that, but, um, but he did talk about it a little bit. I mean, just saying that, um, he, again, saying that he thought it got really far away from, what was originally um, said, and he didn't feel like that Trump should have said what he said, and you know he did say at least that much. And then uh, I think the question was asked whether or not he uh, thought that something like that would happen at college, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think so," because of, and he didn't even say just because of you know the coaches controlling things. He just said because it's more of a team thing in college where you can do stuff, have a little more freedom at the pros. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it wasn't. Well, I guess it was uh, back in the day. But you think back, there's been teams at the college level or players at the college level who've been outspoken about things. like you th- I mean, and, and prominent players. Like, you go back to some of those UCLA days and you th- think about Bill Walton, Walton talking about all sorts of things and taking part in protests while he's on a national championship caliber yeah. basketball team. I mean, so it's not something that's completely unheard of. It's just you no. see less of it nowadays because people are trying to, you know, just that's try to thing. keep things buttoned up. but. I mean, I guess you could ask. It's just a matter of, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with somebody asking. It's just what the guy's got to know how they want to handle it. It just kind of – that's the thing. If the player – the player needs to be smart enough to either, A, answer in a smart way that's not going to get you in trouble or kicked off the team or just don't answer at all because people aren't as – the world is just not what it was. Like when Bill Walton was playing or other players who wanted to speak out against things. Like you could speak out – Muhammad Ali could speak out and say things. No, not everybody liked it, but like somebody, you just can't. I don't want to say you can't do things like that, but it's just perceived different now. Like it's just so many people just get butt hurt off of somebody's opinion if they don't believe in what they believe in. Somebody just wants to just attack that person. Yeah, but there's players. I mean, like you say again about asking the question. Again, I mean, if I, I don't have a problem with somebody asking the question, I don't have a problem with the guy saying no comment or I don't want to get into that. But I think you could still ask it because if if you don't ask, then you don't know what the answer is going to be. And you might run into that one player who feels strongly about it and says, you know, and maybe his his mindset is, well, then some people need to be butthurt. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And yeah. so you, but you don't get that response if you don't ask. So, yeah. I mean, whether it's – I mean, you hear people talking stuff about, you know, the NCAA, you know, whether it's um, – what was it, last year one of the Wisconsin players talking about – 
not being able to uh, do certain things. Uh, one of the bas- I think it was one of the basketball players and talking about raising money for things like that, or like Josh Rosen this year talking about, you know, um, how it's not really how they, they they're more uh, employees than students and all that. So, I mean, like guys come out and say stuff like that. So you got to ask these questions and, and, and I think their opinions, especially since they're the ones who are, you know, all this hoopla and the stadiums getting filled and the money that's being made is based off of them. So if they got an opinion and they want to share it, ask the question, let them say no comment or let them say what they got to say. But then sometimes they say what they want to say, then they're not on the field. The whole thing we're missing here, though, is that this is a university and that universities were built for students to be able to have conversations that might be foreseen as politically incorrect. It's where you teach minds and you have an educational moment. The thing that annoyed me about Coach Whittingham saying no, 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 is, yeah, you're a football coach, but you're a professor first, and you're 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 building young men to be great minds. He is a professor. I know you well, shook your head. Well, but. no, I'm shaking, I was shaking my head not so much about the idea that he's a professor, but just the idea of, you know, with him, I, I mean, I don't, I, got, I would have been interested to hear what he would have to say, yeah. but I don't blame him just because I know for him it's probably more how is this going to get used against him or what's the negative backfall, not just for him but for the program. So I think that's for him that's everything, whether it's, you know, any comment he makes about, you know, anything somebody wants to ask him about. I think it's sort of, okay, what's the negative or possible negative effect of this, whether it's on the program or on recruiting or whatever else. I think that's probably why stuff like that he just stays out of because it's, you know, I'm sure he has opinions. He just didn't want to share them because that's he's representing you know that program and whether there's something that gets used against him or gets spun a certain way. I think that's why he stayed out of it. So I don't blame him. I, mean, I would have been interested to hear what he had to say, but I don't necessarily blame him because I think he's looking at a larger thing than um, just what his opinion is. I understand. I just I just have this ringing idea of censorship that is coming onto college campuses and. Well, I agree. Like I said, you should be able to speak your mind and say what you want, college, high school, pro, whatever the case may be, and people should be able to hear your opinion and A, understand it, or B, if you don't understand it, learn where the person is coming from. Just why do we have to just, why does Coach Whittingham, not saying that he is, or why does somebody have to be afraid to speak their opinion afraid of how it's going to get used. Yeah, I see a difference between professional and college because someone's an employee and you are a paid representative of one of those 32 NFL teams or whatever we're talking about. And so I could see an owner being unhappy with their star athlete um, speaking a message wearing their uniform where I don't feel that with college because it's an academic environment. And it should be first as where. This culture has skewed it to be sport first, and I don't know. Well, how do you feel, like, um, working for the Tribune and then, you know, how social media is? Like, Jamel Hill, when she tweeted out what she did about the president, do you ever feel like you want to tweet something out but you can't, or does it really not bother you anything when it comes to, like, sports and politics or social justice issues? No, there's stuff that I... um stay away from tweeting or, you know, or responding to or, you know, diving into just because I know it'll come. I mean, and I don't, I don't know for sure, you know, what the paper would say or how it would uh, come back on me but, or whatever. But I just, for me, in terms of keeping that um, impartiality and 
Um, and also the fact that in some ways you are representing the newspaper. Yeah, I just stay out of certain stuff. Um, not everybody does that. And then I know there's been people who've gotten into stuff and who've heard from other people about, you know, you need to stay out of this or that. So, um, but yeah, I just, there's stuff that I just stay away from just because I'm like, well, it's not, it's not necessarily going to turn out beneficial in any way if I dive into it or if I, you know, and, and I don't really use the, like I've got like a, a, I have an old Twitter account that's just mine, but I haven't really tweeted from it for a while. And um, part of the reason that I had like a separate, uh, you know, Facebook page was that's all work stuff. And that there's the other one that, you know, with all my stuff on, but I don't even think I've really dived into a whole lot of, I mean, maybe I'll post something here and there, but um even then, I'm sure somebody would probably say, oh, well, so-and-so posted this, or, you know, he posted that. But, you know, to me, I just, sometimes I stay out of stuff. Like, I, you know, talk to people I know about it, but I just don't, yeah. you know, want the paper to have to answer for, answer for it, or people to say, oh, well, see, he says this, and that's representing what the paper does, or you see the, I knew the Tribune was da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> I just stay out of that, because even if it don't make any sense, it's just not worth yeah. the hassle. It's, well, the question... get, it's getting tough because of the intersection of sport and politics are almost merging yeah. right now. Well, the question was brought to me, do you ever feel like if you don't say something, that is saying something? Like if you don't tweet out your opinion on whatever's going on, that is saying something as well. I'm like, As but, being a sellout yeah, or something like that. Like, but I'm just like, no one cares what I have to say. <laughs> Who am I? Like, That's not true. It, to me, it is. It's just like I don't. To me, I feel like no one really wants to know what I, you know, have to say. Like what I feel like that would do me more harm than good because I'm in a place where it's just kind of like, who are you? Nobody really cares what you say. But if you say the wrong thing, then people are going to care. Yeah, but you're also a media member on television, so people do. You have a built-in audience. That watches you every single morning, five days a week. And then you have a casual audience who is going to be interested because you're being forced upon them by your news outlet. And you have a tremendous relationship with the community. You just might be too young in your career right now to realize it. But no, it's a very real thing that um, reporters and anchors build a relationship with their community. You watch any of the elder anchors in town, Kim Fisher especially. She has a direct relationship, and that's why um, all of the, you know, dog advocates and and diabetes outlets all want these types of people to come speak for them and present. And you get that with the African beauty pageant and other types of stuff that you do. So you can't tell me that um, you don't have a relationship with these people because you're being paid and put in situations where, like it or not, you are. Part of that well, I don't want to say I don't have a relationship with them. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel like I would do myself more harm. That than you would good. do, yeah. Yeah, you're on TV. You're famous, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there. We're not going there. Where do you live? You live in the burbs. We're not going there. You live with all the rich people. And all you uh, sports writers for the Trib, the D News, AP, all of y'all, y'all the ones that everybody knows. Uh, you I don't guys, know about that. uh-huh. You guys well, are the ones. I think columnists, um, some of the people. Well, and they. Well, let's put it this way: I know people don't know me because I went to Tucson 
and I was telling the story to somebody today. I was on one of those shuttle buses from the airport. People had Utah gear on. I said, oh, y'all going to the game? And they was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I asked what they think. And they they have a conversation with me telling me stuff like I don't know because they really didn't know that I had any connection. I was like, yeah, they don't know me. <laughs> and I was Nobody fine with that. I was like, they don't know me. They got they had no clue. I had, But you on TV. You famous. <laughs> no, nah, nah, we ain't going there. Somebody did recognize me in Smith's, though. Yeah, See? shout out to that lady. She was like, Brittany Johnson. ABC4. I say, yeah, girl. Good <laughs> for you, Tom. Oh, Lord. Anyway. Nah. But nah, I do, and, I, and that's the other thing is, too, is uh, sometimes I'll, um, uh, because, again, um, not just the fact that it's a newspaper, but, you know, my job at the newspaper is strictly as a reporter, so to report news, not so much to necessarily put, you know, opinion on it. Like, we had columnists, editorial writers, people like that, who that's their job. So that's another reason that sometimes I, you know, a lot. one thing that I do sometimes is if I see something that, you know, whether I agree with or just, you know, like that it's given a different vantage point or something like that. I'll retweet stuff and post stuff just without comment. Like, so here it is. Take a look Me at too. it. And, you know, think about it. Think about see, it for yeah, yourself. There you go. See what you think. <laughs> but I'll just not put no comment I'm on not it. liking it. I'm not doing not, anything. Uh, I'm just retweeting. Yeah. So sometimes I'll do that. Just don't put no comment on it. Retweet it. Just put it back <laughs> out there. Like, hey, here's something for y'all to look at. <laughs> so you have been covering Utah sports. Um, well, first you started off with the Aggies, correct? And then you moved over to Utah. How's that been? Uh, so far, so good. I mean, I um, I, did, I got here in the uh, late winter last year, uh, started doing Utah State, did uh, the end of basketball season, um, then spring football, uh, and then um, in the spring uh, into the summer, I was covering a lot of the Bees, the minor league team. Uh, and then we uh, made the switch. We moved some guys around. And so uh, I've been on Utah since um, just before football started. So like media days and uh, Pac-12 media days in California was sort of the first official, uh, I think, yeah, pretty much the first official thing that I did. Uh, and Chris Cameron is doing it with me. But um, yeah. How excited were you when your boss called you in and gave you the news that you got a, a new beat, which is in terms of eyes and people reading, it's a huge beat, and it's a prestigious job in this country. Yeah. It's a top twenty team every it year. Was, it was. Um, I mean, I was sort of surprised. Not that. Um, well, surprised at how quickly they decided to make the change, and also I sort of figured that like they might have made that. Like they had talked about maybe adding two because they had one person covering Utah, and they used to have two, and they wanted to get back to that. And so I figured if I was going to be doing, they probably. The person who was on it, Kyle Goon, who's now doing jazz with uh, Tony Jones, uh, I figured it'd probably be me adding on to Kyle and sort of like being like the number two person under him and just helping him out. But so the way that it changed was more of a surprise to me. I was like, okay, so there's two of us on it, and Chris is also doing our Olympic stuff, so I'm pretty much the one who's on it like full time, and Chris is on it full time too. But you know, he has to break away to do some other stuff sometimes. So I didn't expect that it would be that way. Um, but I was, you know, I was excited for it at the same time with me. It's, you know, it's exciting, but it's okay. You got to get down to work because there's a lot of people who are paying attention to this and who, you know, have background that I don't necessarily have because I'm new and who are going to want, you know, they, they're going to be looking for you to sort of slip up. So that's sort of my thought process. Like, okay, you got to get on this. You got to, you know, you got to really get dive into it. You got to know your stuff. You got to um, be on top of stuff. And um, so are other- you in the Marriott Library and Archives, how – how are you preparing your mind to take this over? This uh, in, in a lot of times, it's uh, looking at stuff that we've done before. It's looking at, um, you know, 
what they've done in past seasons. Like, there's some stuff that you know, but I mean, being growing up and worked on the East Coast, there's stuff that just didn't register, or you know, like you vaguely know of, but um, didn't know. I mean, um, there's some books that have some background on, like you know, uh, Utah, like that, like the. I know I, I that was I got it. I still haven't read through all of it, but like hundred things you should know if you're a Utah fan, <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I grabbed, you know. Um, just, you know, like but you probably had no idea of the relevance of the Lady Red Rocks gymnastics team coming from the East Coast, right? Oh, not my not yeah. before I got here, but yeah. since I've gotten here, I've talked to some people and like, you know, obviously the folks at the newspaper. So, I mean, we have some like, you know, a person who's been covering them who's going to, as far as I know, continue to do most of that. But that was something that didn't really hit home with me until I got here. And I was like, really? And then you started like the attendance is what? And mm-hmm. they're doing what? It's like, oh, OK, OK. Yeah. This is, you know, not something that I expected coming in not being familiar with it um and even you know football like i knew they were a good program and i knew it's pac 12 but then you look and you say wait a minute they were they're like you said top 20 program like even talking to people who i know back on the east coast and say covering utah and it doesn't necessarily resonate with them right away until i say well no no they're in the pac 12 like you might remember years ago when i was like no they're in the pac 12 so you see usc who gets a lot of tv coverage and that's they're competing with them Washington, who was in the national playoff last year, you know, Oregon, all that. I was like, that, they're competing with them. I was like, and they're a top 20 team, you know, in uh, football every year. You talk about basketball. They have three – they had three guys drafting the first round each of the last year <laughs> – last three years. It's like, no, this is not like just, oh, yeah, 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 Utah, they are. It's like, no, no, this is a national program, Power Five, that's competing, producing, you know, you know, football program sent 16 guys to the pros last year to, into pro camps at least – eight drafted eight undrafted so it's you know it's if you don't if you're not from here you're not familiar with it there's a lot more going on or a lot more high profile than you maybe realize being on the east coast so a lot of that was stuff that i was like okay i gotta you know again there's a lot of attention to the program so you sort of have to be on top of it with all these injuries uh going on at Utah right now, the Utes, or sorry, yeah, the Utes. I don't know why I was thinking something else. Anyway, um, I know you weren't here last year, or did were you? When you did, you see a lot of Huntley play last year. I know you got here. Uh, I didn't Wednesday. see him last year. I mean, I've seen the little bit that he did play last year uh, since I've did, gotten here because he didn't you know play what? that much. Hang last on, year. but I said what. Trey I'm Williams. tripping right now. Trey what Williams? am I doing? We'll cut that. <laughs> what am we'll I... start over. Go <laughs> ahead. Oh, I really... It's fine. We'll reset what it. am I doing? You're talking about um, Troy Williams? Yes, Troy okay. Williams. Did you see a lot of him last year? Not in person, but I went... You know, that was one of the things getting ready for taking over. Like, Pac-12 Network, they got that, um, you know, Pac-12 and 60. I was on that. I was, <laughs> I, I, every, every game I could find, I watched, you know, I still got them saved on my DVR so I could go back and look at, you know whether it was Troy Williams, whether it was, um, you know, just how the receivers were, how the offense was compared to the new offense this year, some of the defensive players. Like, yeah, I, I looked at all that before we went to Pac-12 Media Days just so that I had, you know, some background. So you're not just coming in cold like, hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> so <laughs> You got to know something. <laughs> you've watched him play or you've seen him play. Um, how do you think he fares against Huntley? And that's been one of the things that I've talked with several people this past week, just sort of like going back and forth. Um, I feel like, and people, after having seen Huntley for the three-plus games or three games in the quarter, um, like this, somebody who said, that, oh, you know, I think he's going to be, he, he's got a chance to be really special. And I was like, 
he might. I said, but at the same time, and I had not, nothing against him because I like him. I think he's a good player. But we saw him against North Dakota, <laughs> a BYU team that's looking rough, and uh, San Jose State, and then a quarter against Arizona, yeah. one, a quarter against the Pac-12 team. And he looked real good in that quarter, but that's all we've seen. And then he got hurt. And so I'm like, well, I think we still don't know exactly what Huntley's going to be. I mean, we like what we've seen so far, if you're a Ute fan or whatever. You mean, but um, I don't think you have a definitive idea of what he's going to be. At the same time, you've got so much more that you've seen of Troy Williams where you can say, oh, well, he doesn't do this well. He doesn't. Well, you've seen a lot more than him against higher-level competition than what you've seen of Huntley. That being said, I think Huntley – gives you uh, he's definitely a more dynamic player he he adds some things to the offense that you don't get from Troy but at the same time you say Troy won nine games for you last year um he's you know a senior he's been he's played college football he's played the Pac-12 so there's things there that you know I think people you know if you're a Ute fan you probably should be at least comfortable about I think you should be more comfortable with him coming in than if he was the starter and then Huntley came in and you hadn't seen what you've seen from Huntley I think you'd be a little worried right now, but with having Huntley go down and him coming in, you should probably feel a little more comfortable that you at least know what you're going to get. You know he's not just going to come in there and uh, be overwhelmed and not know what's going on and just be all over the place. But see, a lot of fans, to me, just on social media, seeing reactions and things, are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We don't have Huntley. Williams is in. What are we going to do? I'm like, you guys have acted. You guys are acting like this man didn't give you nine wins last year, lead you to nine wins. Yeah, Hunt, Huntley's an NFL prospect, though, and there's an there's if you look at Huntley compared to any quarterback that we've ever had on this campus, including Scott Mitchell, there is a different of talent. And, yeah, there's a and difference. his arm length and the the broad of his shoulders and the way he runs and slips and and he can throw deep. He is a legitimate quarterback and. So I think the the anxiety and or excitement of a Ute fan is, oh my God, we have one of these premier quarterbacks, and now he's hurt, and now we're back to, and we have no running game. And but you act like he can't. Not you. I'm just yeah. saying, fans act like Williams can't get the job done. Plus the well, the the everything you talk about, Tyler. Like I said, is you know, and you, there's reason to be excited, but you still haven't seen a whole lot of them against. Yeah. You know, I mean, like. North Dakota, Real football, yeah. I mean, BYU. Let's is wait. Let's good. see how he looks against you know, USC. Let's see like, how he I looks mean, against. Washington. You haven't seen that yet, so for him to have done what he's done, and then you say, "Oh man, we got something," and he's going to be, you know, people already putting him on this pedestal and everything else. Like, well, okay, mm-hmm. but we still don't know what he's going to be. I mean, like he could, like maybe if he played the rest of the Arizona game, he would have lit it up, or maybe he would have made some mistakes, and people would be like, "Oh, first Pac-12 game, he's, you know." He hit that speed bump. Well, you don't. You don't know. You First know? Pac-12 game, he's injured because he doesn't. Yeah, or yeah. that. Just the fact that, like, you know, people. And that was one of the things through those first three games when he was looking really good. It was like, is he going to be able to hold up? Is he going to yeah. be able? To, you know, is he going to be able to take them hits? And then the first Pac-12 game is injured. So I mean, there's, you know, and like I said, nothing against him. And I, I, and you know, he's he's definitely been exciting to watch. But at the same time, it's like, you know, people need to pump the brakes just a little bit because you don't know exactly what you got yet because you haven't seen that much of them yet. Let's play some sound uh, from Whittingham, Zach Moss, and Troy Williams. Sure. Season-ending injuries, thank goodness, in the game on Saturday. Uh, Troy came in and did exactly what I thought he would do and what I would expect out of him. He's a he's a professional. He handles himself the right way. Uh, 
nobody was more disappointed when the you know we made the announcement of who was going to start at quarterback way back when, but he continued his work ethic, his focus, his concentration, and I knew that when his number was called, that he'd be ready, and uh, it was very apparent that that was the situation Saturday night. I think Troy's able to come in and run this offense at a high level. I don't see a big drop off here or uh, with him or Tyler, so I think we're gonna be fine. I prepare, you know, as if I'm a starter every week, so you know nothing's changed. We continue. You know, get in the film room, uh, you know, I'm ready to work hard, you know, on the field, off the field, whatever it may be. So um, just continue to prepare myself to, you know, put myself in the best situation. Do you think Williams is like, see, I've said this before, where I would be like, this is why I'm not a good team player. Because I'd be like, ooh, yeah, (laughs) it's my turn, player. (laughs) I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm about to show you what it do. Or do you think Williams is just like, okay, let me be humble, let me step in, do what I'm supposed to do, and let me show you why you should have had me as your starting quarterback this year. I think it's probably some of both, but I just think outwardly you're not going to see that, you know, that first one where it's like, oh, y'all should have had me in there for me. Oh, you're, you're, you're not going to get that from publicly, I don't think, no, at least. that would have been um, me, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a sideline yeah, watcher. That's why, that's why I'm not on the that's team. Like, yeah, now y'all want me. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna ever get that from him publicly. But I think, I mean, as competitive as you have to be, as much success as you have to have had to get to this point, yeah, it's probably part of you. It's got to feel like that. Like, like I should have been in there. Like I, I would have been balling too. If especially the other thing that people forget when you start talking about, well, what's it? You know, how's this, uh, Troy Williams going to take over, and what's this thing going to look like? You haven't seen that yet, really, either, except for that one. I mean, that, those three quarters, uh, you know, a couple, uh, two weekends ago now um, uh, against Arizona, because you didn't see him playing this offense. You didn't see him playing with a receiver like Darren Carrington. You didn't see any of that, you know, last year. So, and you haven't seen it this year, really, because the only times he got in there, games was decided. He was out there yeah. taking a knee or handing the ball <laughs> off and running out the clock. That's what that's what you saw. Yeah. So you don't know what that looks like yet either. So I would think this part of him that's like, okay, we about to do this now and. But you just don't come out and say stuff. Plus, and also, I don't think he has anything against, at least from what you could tell, against Tyler. Yeah. So I don't think you come out talking like, oh, this is what it should have been because then you're, you know, it's like you're taking shots at Tyler who just got hurt. Like I said, he better than me. What if I see a player? <laughs> but if Huntley, say Huntley is uh, not injured and he's ready to go against Stanford, who do you go with? Well, what do you. You got to define for me not injured. Like he's hundred percent. What if he's a hundred percent? He's hundred percent. Then I guess you put him. You it's put not him a in season-ending injury. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be hundred percent. But it, hypothetically, if he's hundred percent, like this week, and you're getting ready to play Stanford, then you put him in there. You you name him the starter. I mean, but I don't think he's going to be hundred percent. But if he's hundred percent, like if today he's. Woo, I'm healed, you know. He, he went to go see your boy Ray Lewis. He went to go see your boy Ray Lewis. Got down on the two knees. I don't want and Ray now, Lewis woo, praying for me. You know, uh-uh, now he's, like he's my good mama to go. Said, you can't have just anybody praying you know? for you. If, if that's the case and he's ready to go tomorrow when they go to practice, then, yeah, you put him in there. You, you named him starter for a reason, so you put him in there. I just don't think that's going to be the case. What about you, Sasha? You, you got to go Huntley. Yeah, you got to go Huntley. That's who you picked at the beginning of the season. That's – he's – Whittingham's not going to play these games of flip-flopping. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. That's the rule, right? See, I would run out. If I was Williams and Huntley was starting, I'd be like, nah, player, I'm here. I think I'm with, starting. I think with Stanford, it's not going to be about the quarterback. It's can you contain their running back love, and can you slow the game down so that you control possession so you don't have this amazing running back running down your throat, you know? I think – 
it's more of Utah's offense. They got to stop with all these penalties. I like the penalties. <laughs> well, like, to me, it's just like, I like you, when they you get start ejected. losing focus stuff. of the game. It slows down the game. You lose focus. It's just they have to stop doing dumb stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's any team. The dumb stuff, is, that's one of those things that drives coaches crazy and that, you know, every coach talks about. Like, the, the boring stuff that coaches always talk about that we just are like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, it's special teams and the penalties and the, the, the. like that. I mean, that stuff, every coach worries about that because that can screw up what you're doing on any team that you got. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be, you know, that's obviously going to be a factor. But I think it's more um, Utah's defense slowing down the running game because I – just based off of what you see or you've seen so far this season, I feel like they'll be able to have at least some success offensively. How much remains to be seen, but Stanford's defense isn't, from what I can tell, what Stanford defense usually is. Because, I mean, and this was before yesterday's game, but they were giving up like 400 and, let me see what I got here, 453 yards per game average going into yesterday's game. So people is having some days against that defense <laughs> on Stanford. So. <laughs> I mean, and it wasn't, and they wasn't play. I mean, and they played USC, but they also played San Diego State. I mean, like, it wasn't like they played just all powerhouses. Like they, their defense is a little suspect. People so. sleeping on San Diego State this year. Don't sleep on San Diego State. There's been talk of them being uh, playoff busters yeah. this year. I don't think yep. everyone's sleeping on them. Yeah, Lynn yeah. is. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you if you're Stanford, who's win, who wins, you know, ten, eleven games every year, who's been. Um, you know, who's been competing for Pac-12 titles just about every year? You ain't supposed to be out there struggling. No, this is not the same Stanford team. But then again, everyone's allowed a a rebuild year once every twelve years. But my point with the offense too is you have you do have a lot of unknowns. Like you said, you have Troy Williams. He's playing against, or if it is him, you're going to see how he works with this new offense. If it's Huntley, you're going to have him playing against another Pac-12 team. We didn't really see him play against a Pac-12 team because he was injured against Arizona, or he became injured during the yeah, game. Yeah, but they're playing against the team that, like I said, the defense is suspect. So I'm not so much worried about that. I'm worried about their defense against that offense, which has been running through a lot of teams. I mean, that running back, I mean, you when you got 1,000 yards through five games, then that means that people people ain't stopping you. <laughs> people ain't stopping you and running the ball. When you got 1,000-plus yards, you run for 300, you know, yesterday – and that's what you got to worry about, especially since we don't know about the injuries. But at the end of the game against Arizona, you had two starting defensive ends and a linebacker who were on the sideline. So, if depending on what happens with them, like that's what you need to be. That's to me, that's what the worry is. He's doing what stop. Joe Williams did last year, but he's faster. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing. The kid is really talented. Do you think this will be a test, like a true test for Utah's defense? Because oh, yeah. everyone oh, yeah. has touted them as having the best defense. And so, oh, do you think this is really the line. game? No, no, no doubt. So far, especially of the game so far. As a matter of fact, I think I would use those terms um, in should be today's paper. That's right. Make sure you pick up the Salt Lake Tribune. <laughs> read it today. Read it every day. SLTrib.com. That's right. I'm gonna get them shameless plugs in. But yeah, I think I use that exact term. Download the, the app. Download the, the app. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. We got the Facebook page. All that, all that. We got. We'll keep you updated. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think I use the exact term today. Is it's a test for that defense in terms of trying to stop the run? Because, you know, like they looked at Arizona as a game that they were gonna get a test for the run, the, the run defense. Because Arizona was one of the top running teams in the nation going into that game. And I'm not sure where they're at after this weekend. But, um, 
and they felt like they did okay, not as good as they wanted to do. And now you, Bryce Love is running up and down the field on people every weekend. So, yeah, that's going to be a big test. How many articles, just curious, I know this is kind of sideline off topic, do you write a day? Like, I always see something from you. At least it seems like every day I'm seeing something new from you. But it seems like you're writing multiple things a day. Or um, are you just like, do I have my notifications on and you're just yeah, <laughs> in I don't my know feed? If it's, I don't know if it's uh, – it's it's not every day – um, because there's a couple of us, like I said, Chris Cameron is doing the beat with me. So there's some days where I might have multiple things. There's some days where I might not have anything. Um, there's some day where he just might have something. Um, but the other thing, uh, why you might see it a lot is on Twitter. I make sure I keep sort of sending out the links because, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, one of the things I learned a while back when I was doing, um, when we were really starting to use Twitter to try and promote stuff is, you know, you put something out once, and there's a certain group of people who are seeing it. But um, at a different time, there's different people who are seeing it. So, you know, I'll send that stuff out multiple times. So that's part see, of the See, Brittany Johnson? <laughs> that's part of the reason that you, you, you see it, you know. <laughs> so it might seem like I'm writing 10 things a day, but that might just be because I sent out a bunch of links and some of them might Anyway, we're going to fast forward past <laughs> In case Sasha, you missed cut it. His <laughs> mic, cut his mic off. <laughs> this is a – Sasha gets on me because he says I don't – Tweet enough, but my thing, I was just like, but I don't want people to be like, goodness, you tweeting over and over again. Yeah, well, I try to make sure that I mix in other things, too, because I don't want, like, if you were to go look at my timeline, I don't want it to just be link, 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 link. Like, so I, I try to make sure, especially when you, you know, if it's not like a game or you don't have a game until, like, next week where you might not be tweeting a lot of live stuff. Um, and I still try to make sure I get videos and stuff in there too. But yeah, I try to like mix up other stuff, whether it's tweeting out other people's stuff or you know just or sometimes just having fun on Twitter because you know I mean if you're gonna spend that much time on it and you got it you know like I got my phone within reach right now and you got whether it's you know it's always there you, got, you might as well have some fun with yeah, it. Yeah, your so. phone keeps going off. You got the hotline. No, that's probably that's, like that's, that's because bling. that's probably part of that's from uh, you know friends of mine let me know how the, the Giants doing today and I was like. <laughs> I said we we doing this during. Uh, first of all, I don't think it was on um, locally, but in other ways, I said that's probably good because they ain't gonna be torturing me this Sunday like they've been doing the last couple weekends. So, <laughs> so as we wrap up here, October seventeenth is the night with the running Utes. What are you expecting with the Utah men's basketball team this year? It's a critical year with them, especially with what happened with Devin Daniels and uh, kind of the whole rebuild of this team. What do you think Coach K is going to do? It's still I – mean, I think it's interesting to see what it's going to look like in terms of – I don't think they really have a sense. Like having the, the media day the other day, talking to people, and you ask them, well, what's this team going to look like? Who's going to be doing this? Who's going to be doing that? And you hear a lot of the answers that are um, – Sorry, I think I got arthritis. Oh, (laughs) I thought she was trying to give me some sort of signal. I was like, I don't understand that signal. I don't don't know what that means. Sorry, but (laughs) uh, hands are tired. (laughs) A lot of the lot of the answers you got made were you know whether it was just vague or oh yeah everybody's gonna have a hand in this or that. Basically, to me, means that they don't know until they actually get out there. Even the foreign trip, I think. it sounded like the first couple of games were teams that they just had more talent than. And so I don't think you could really take a whole lot from that in terms of how things are going to shake out once the season goes. So I think once they get into some games, we start to see 
what the roles are going to be. I mean, there's certain people like, you know, David Collette is probably going to have a big role in terms of having to try and score some more with Kuzma gone. But I mean, they lost four of their four top, of the top six. six. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to have to be a whole lot of scoring. Um, I think uh, Justin Bivens is going to be a big key, the, the transfer from Long Beach State, because I think he's going to, even though they don't necessarily say, okay, we've got this person as the point guard, um, I think him handling the ball a lot is going to let Cedric Fairfield do more scoring and not have to focus on facilitating as much. Uh, and then you got a lot of new people who are just going to have to, you know, we're going to have to see what they look like. Like Chris Seeley, who redshirted last year, I think this year he could do a lot of different things. He's, you know, that multiple people have said to me the other day, that he was, he's probably the most athletic guy on this team. And so we haven't seen him actually play. He works real hard, too. Pre-game, after-game, last year, when he even when he wasn't playing, he was staying all throughout our strikes. And, yeah, he's committed. Yeah, so guys like that, new guys like Donnie Tillman, Christian Papula, freshmen who, you know, freshmen sometimes have up and down, ups and downs. Um, and then, you know, some of the guys who are coming back who probably just going to have to play bigger roles, whether it's Jace Johnson, so... I think this is going to be one of those things through the first, you know, like I, I don't want to call it preseason. Sometimes you hear people call it non-conference preseason. But through that non-conference, I think you're still going to be figuring out what this team is going to look like. Is Do it you, Sorry, go is it good for the University of Utah that Kyle Kuzma's on the Lakers? Because they're going to get waxed this year, that backcourt. And we kind of saw it last night with Lonzo Ball, you know, getting manhandled by uh, Teague. And it's going to continue to happen. And, as much as Tony Jones and these folks rave about Kuzma, he's not NBA ready. Um, he's not going to be a good player, in my opinion. But there's going to be a media circus around the Lakers. Do you think that's good for recruiting for the Utes? I think, I mean, I don't see how it's bad. Yeah, I don't see how it's bad for them in terms of if you're producing first-round caliber draft picks, guys who are contributing in the NBA um, I think when you go out to recruit, you can tell people, hey, these are the guys that we've had, and they've gone on to the NBA. Um, it can't hurt. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't do great in the NBA, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that go to the NBA that just, you know, maybe they flash for a minute and then, you know, fade out or they end up in sort of supporting roles or bench roles and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of programs that can't tell you that they've put X number of guys into the NBA. So I think it can only help with the recruiting. And I think Kyle Kuzma, he might not be the star, but I still think he's going to be a solid player this year. I really do. I'm not saying, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that the Lakers are going to win the championship this year. I'm not saying that, obviously. I'm just talking because I love the Lakers, okay, in case you didn't know. But what I'm saying is, Kyle Kuzma, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. And the other thing with the NBA now is, when it comes to a lot of these rookies and new and young guys is it's a lot just on potential. So, I mean, you come in first year or two, you know, nobody's what they think that they can be, mm. you know, and it's not until you get to a couple years down the line and anybody like says, okay, this is the guy. I mean, like, you know, sorry for jazz fans for using this example, but Gordon Haywood was not what he is now when he first got to the jazz, you know, and people, you know, you got to sort of develop that. Like Kawhi Leonard, another example, is was not what he was. SDSU. You know, when he got to <laughs> when he got to the Spurs. So it's years down the line before they really become the players. Like yeah. Basically, across the board, everybody now is that way, and they you know they draft them young and hope to you know sort of mold them into players that they're going to be. So um, whether Kuzma is great this year or not, I mean, I think the fact that he was in position to be where he is now only helps Utah. 
Before we go, though, I do want to ask you uh, some stuff about the NBA. What team do you think presents the biggest challenge to the Warriors, or are the Warriors not a challenge anymore? Um, I guess in the West, well, shoot. Uh, I guess Oklahoma City start, at least on paper, you put that group together, you say Oklahoma City, Houston, the Spurs are always in the running. Um, I don't know how many of them actually could knock them off to win a title, but then again. What do you think you, about the Timberwolves? Oh, I think they still got ways to go. <laughs> I mean, they got they got some talent, but they got a lot of young guys, and I still don't think you win with uh, young guys. Whoever, you know, some of them aren't quite as young, but again, that whole thing about they're not the guys that they're going to be. Like, you drafted them on potential, expecting them that at some point they're going to get to a certain level, but I don't think there's enough of them that are at that level yet. Yeah, they brought some guys in, but the young guys, whether it's Wiggins or Towns, I think. Um, I Jimmy think Butler, might. Teague. I mean, that that's a fast team. Yeah, but in the playoffs, fast doesn't doesn't do it. It's got, you got to be able to do it in half court. Yeah. You got to be able to do it in the half court. And you got to be able to do it when teams are really geared up to stop you. Like during the regular season, you know, yeah, they scout and everything like that, but four games in a week. They're not necessarily geared up for just that one team, but when it gets to the playoffs, oh, they they're ready for you. They're ready for everything you do and you don't do. Um, but yeah, I don't. But young teams, no, because I, I've and I didn't travel. And it wasn't like I was doing it every day. But I've covered some NBA in the past, and it's just like young teams. There's just so many little things that go wrong. Whether it's consistency, whether it's um, guys not you know giving up um, their own stats to you know for the team. But when you get Older players, guys who are more experienced, who, you know, can fit together, um, it's just different. So I don't know if Timberwolves are there yet. I don't think they're there yet. Plus, I don't think they have the talent of, like, a Golden State yet. So, With all the trades, the trade talk and the big names going to XYZ teams, do you think a lot of people are forgetting about the Spurs? Um, or are they just I don't not know if that good? I don't know if they're year. forgetting, but I don't think they should be. I mean, because you think about without – Kawhi Leonard, um, or with Kawhi Leonard, you know, they, it looked like they might have gave Golden State at least a series. I mean, we all know because you only saw a little bit of it, but they might have gave them a series. We don't know. So, um, and the Spurs are there every year. So, I wouldn't sleep on the Spurs. I don't know that they're going to be ready to win the conference, but don't sleep on them Spurs. Don't sleep on the Lakers either. They're going to be that eighth seed. <sighs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd be hollering about don't sleep on somebody because they're going to be the eight seed. That means they barely make it into the playoffs. That's a, listen, if the Lakers just make it to the playoffs, that would be a dream come true. That would be that would be God, great. You guys are spoiled out in LA. Uh, anyway. Last two questions for me here. Running Utes, do they make the tournament, and do the Jazz make the playoffs? I don't think the Jazz make the playoffs, but I... Uh... I'd have to look closer at the West, but I don't. I don't think they just off paper. I'm not sure that they're a playoff team. I don't think Who so. plays for the Jazz? Oh wow! I'm wow! Not I'm you. Playing. After after <laughs> I, it would be a dream come true to get the eighth seed, and then you got, you got nerve to throw some shade at the I'm Jazz. Playing. Wow, that's, I'm that's just bold. playing. That's bold. I'm just saying that's bold. That's I'm bold. just playing. Um, the Utes. Hmm. I I think they can make the tournament. I just. They're, because there's so many new guys, it's hard to say how it's going to come together. But um, based off of you know the, the track record, the, la- the track record the last few years, I'd say they're probably 
still be in that neighborhood of a 21 team. And then depending on how they do in the conference, um, I feel like they, you know, and how they do in the conference tournament because last year, you know, that just wasn't happening. But um, it's rebuilding all the way around. Oregon's probably not going to be as strong as they were. They lost some great talent. Yeah. They'll have, they'll have some good blue chippers come in. UCLA, who knows? I mean, they're, they're Lonzo Ball-less. USC's going to be Lonzo on Ball. suspension. Uh, you know, Stanford's not really a great basketball squad. Wazoo's not. Uh, Washington got a new head coach. Oh, they'll probably be top four team, maybe getting to. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were, but they were technically they were fourth last yeah. year and didn't make it to the tournament. So that's why I'm. I think they'll be right on that cusp. It's, you know, it's probably going to have more to do with the national landscape and what's going on in the in the conference. But I think they'll be probably in that same neighborhood as they've been the last few years in terms of their record and and that sort of thing. It's just how that fits into the national landscape will decide it. But I think they could be a tournament team. It's going to be a crazy year in college basketball with FBI probes and. Everything that's because it's going to keep going and going and going. So you just want to just bring that up at the end? Yeah. No more Louisville. (laughs) They're going to get the death penalty. First of all, first of all, you're in here with the Louisville jersey on. First of all, it's Louisville. So pronounce it right. It's Louisville. Okay? And all I'm going to say before we get out of here is don't be mad at Rick Patino for trying to change some lives. He was just trying to do a good thing. But let me take that back because he said he didn't even know. Yeah. He said, well, "This is the luckiest he's been in his forty years. Okay. He got luckier doing this than the Kentucky Derby." Yeah, well, like I told a friend of mine the other day, who's like, "Can you believe that he got ran out for that?" I said, "Can you believe he he lasted this long?" I mean, <laughs> considering the scandals that they had over there, I mean, he it had was... nothing to do with it. He didn't know with what with anything that the alleged escort scandal. This alleged him, FBI uh, probe. Did, did he not know nothing about the um the incident with the restaurant? And the, he did the... not. Rick Pitino. No, no, he, whoa, no, no. He hired no, a grown about, man and slept with that guy. Yeah, he didn't know nothing about that. No, he didn't, he didn't know, nothing, know about nothing about that. He didn't know nothing about no, that. No, no. Rick Pitino mm, was, was innocent. They they extorted him for something that he didn't have nothing to do with. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Yeah. And with right. that, your yeah. morals are yeah. whack. <laughs> I'm just saying. So he made it. He made it longer than you know. You probably had the right to expect him to make, considering all that. So everybody, hey. just leave Rick Pitino alone, Lynn. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, on Twitter, uh, it's L Worthy Sports. Um, on Facebook, Lynn Worthy Sports Reporter. Uh, SLTrip.com. Pick up your newspaper, the Salt Lake Tribune. We all over the place. Who reads newspapers? Watch Channel 4. I'm just kidding. Good for Utah. Like I said, you're famous. You're on TV. You can't <laughs> deny it when you say stuff like that. I was kidding. Totally can't deny kidding. It. Can't deny you it. guys have a stronger following than we do any day. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) at Dropping Dimes underscore. 